Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that's right for you with accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends December 6th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes bike, bike plus, and tread basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $600 off Peloton bike, bike plus, or tread packages. Choose the package that's right for you with accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends December 6th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes bike, bike plus, and tread basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. everyone and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about dream shade, fallen fairies, and the inevitable truth that no one on this show can fly well. It's not their fault. It's the technology and the CGI. I don't know what it is, but no one can fly well on this show. It will never happen. I, if Regina can't fly well, no one can fly well. I mean, she's not really flying so much as falling with style. <laughs> and then being pulled up by her back with style. Oh. oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm Beth Elderkin, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm now thinking about a lot of the rope pulley systems and how they, they made a point of them. I, I remember watching like a bunch of back. Uh, behind the scenes stuff when Hook came out with Robin Williams and so like I can't not see the harnesses mm-hmm. <laughs> when I watch Hook it's because they he, I mean he literally flips at his hips from the harness like it it did make me appreciate that in the first Iron Man I remember watching like the commentary and I think it's John Favreau who was just like I don't want it to look like he's being pulled by a pulley system around his waist I want it to look like the boosters are coming from his feet which I think improved the craft Anyway, just my 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 commentary on flying in movies. <laughs> Don't mind me, everybody. Well, there is some flying in this uh, episode because we have more flying characters and people using more pixie dust. And the more they use it, the more you notice it cannot be used Boy. well. No and one Neil Neil doing like an wow. Olympic leap. <laughs> Oh my god, I've got things to say about that. Well, we are here to talk about Season 3, Episode 3, Quite a Common Fairy, which is a, a a quote from the original Peter Pan that they actually do not say once in this episode, which I surprised me, because usually they, they put the name drop in there. And guys, this episode, it's a lot. It's not a lot in that, like, oh, it's just too much to handle. It's not too much stuff happens in this episode. This was, this didn't, I felt like none of it fit, even though they were supposed to fit. Like, Mm -hmm. we're finding out about Regina and Tinkerbell while we do Regina and Tinkerbell. But the Regina and Tinkerbell past stuff didn't feel right. It didn't feel like, I I, I don't, I was going to say, I don't believe that happened. (laughs) It's, I don't believe 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clap for this one. I don't believe Tinkerbell. It's um, just you a just weird... murdered a fairy. How oh, dare you? Know, you? I'm you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm just I'm I'm woke up and chose violence today. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> yes, because we have all the modern stuff happening in Neverland with our main heroes. Then we've got the Henry stuff with Peter Pan over in their corner, their camp that keeps moving. Then we have the Enchanted Forest with Neil and and Mulan and all of them as Neil decides to sacrifice a child. And then we've got the past. It's a lot. And I know this episode got dinged quite a bit from critics for like really relying. It kind of feels a little bit too much like Lost, which is where the showrunners came from. And I agree, like it, it, the, the flashback doesn't really connect, but they try to make it connect. And then the way that they decide to wrap it up in a bow at the very end of the episode. <laughs> was the most insulting thing. <laughs> the world's worst bow. Oh, oh, and it's a bow because it's Robin. He's a, he got a bow and arrow. Oh no. Oh, I thought bow like boyfriend. Uh, no. Okay. See, listen, it has a lot of meaning. And I was about to say, the only thing that would have made this episode worse was cramming Rumple into it. And then I remembered Rumple was in it and it was weird. And I forgot about it because my brain didn't want me to remember because that whole dinner scene and the weird dead swan thing was very odd. So can I just say the thing I could not get past in this episode was how gross the fake food looked. It was so nasty. There was a on Regina's thing. There was like a fake artichoke. There were grapes. There was that weird swan thing. There was a tower of macaroons and all of it looked like it had been in the props closet for years. The swan upset me so much because it didn't even look like a real taxidermied swan. It looked like a middle school prop from like Swan Lake or something that was like deep in the background. Like, you know, it's the right shape mm -hmm. and it is a centerpiece. It was so like between that and Tinkerbell's green magic against the, 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 the weird uh, filter of Regina's castle, zero out of 10 hated it. We are we are getting a little ahead of ourselves. That was my fault entirely. I just had to, to uh, complain about the food. There's more food to complain about. We'll get to it. But first, we are going to hop over to the Enchanted Forest to go into the first of many storylines of people making bad decisions that affect other people besides themselves. That's a general theme in this episode. People are terrible. Uh, so Neil is trying to find some more magic to, uh, through his father's collection in order to find his way to Neverland. He drops some hints about how many, <laughs> many ways you can get a portal. There's a lot, including Ruby slippers. Hint, hint. They do a lot of teases to Wizard of Oz in this episode to the point where I'm like, you guys are doing this on purpose now. You know what is coming. Oh yeah, the soon. breadcrumbs are the breadcrumbs are just them throwing loaves of Wonder Bread at us at this point. Um, but I also love where it's like there are no beans. There are no magic beans. We cannot jump portals. Cut to Neil. There's a thousand ways to get to portals. We just have to find them. <laughs> like 
<laughs> what? What? I don't understand. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he doesn't, he comes up short. Uh, Rumble had, you know, he has a solution for everything, but not that. It's like the meatloaf of, of Enchanted Forest wardrobes. He would do anything for survival, but he won't make an escape route. <laughs> He has them like hidden in a different in a different portion. Like that would be if they needed them. That yeah, he, he Rumple would be like, "Oh, I kept them under the floorboard. Do you think I'd keep them in a drawer where any loser could find them?" No. Yeah, he needed to uh, move the uh, the 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 walking stick. He needed to whip it to the right instead of to the left. If he'd yeah. done that, he would have gotten magic beans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he didn't because nope. Neil didn't. Neil not thorough enough. Uh, but don't worry, he made enough noise to uh, bring in his, uh, bring in the magic the s- that he needed. The sacrificial lamb. <laughs> the 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 poor oh oh the moment the child appeared, I you just went nope this is bad <laughs> something bad's about to happen. Yeah, because you instantly know what Neil is thinking. You instantly yeah. know what he's going to plan and do, and you're just like nope. You just want to yell at the screen, Neil. Hey, Neil. Neil, no, look, look me in the face. Look me in the eye. Nope. Like, just like bat him on the nose like he's a dog. Boop. Yeah. Boop. Nope. And they spray him with a little water to spritz him. Nope. Bad. Yeah, so this is Roland. This is um because uh Robin is trying to help Neil along with Mulan. And help he does by giving birth to Roland, a four-year-old who was super cute and super adorable. And I loved him. And I didn't want any harm to come to him. What is wrong with you, Neil? He does also, I already know I mentioned it, and this is why I thought about Hook, also because we're in Neverland, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But he looks like the little boy, the little, little boy in Hook. The one that grabs Robin's fa- Robin Williams' face and smushes it. There you are, Peter. Like, I oh, see you. And, right. they all, and all the lost boys believe again because he, he gave Robin Williams a facelift. Um, he Because he has that mop top curly hair. Um... But I also, I mean, I also, I have opinions about putting four-year-olds in, in a very crucial spot in any plan. Because four-year-old, my four-year-old would have said the phrase a thousand times. Like, when he was four, it would have been like, what am I supposed to say? I'm going to say it. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to scream it. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure. But then when I need you to say it, I'm not going to remember what I'm supposed to say. And I'm going to say something else anyway. <laughs> so... Neil, of course, pitches his genius idea to Robin Hood, the the father of Roland, his only son from his dead wife, that, he, oh yeah, I'm going to use him as bait to draw the shadow. Don't worry, nothing's going to happen to him, I promise. Wink, wink. <laughs> sorry. And- no, sorry. I for- We forgot to talk about how the fact that leading up to this, Neil was just being like, Peter Pan's like the worst dude there is. Like he's got like a shadow that it will like murder people. And like the Lost Boys absolutely suck. Hey, can <laughs> I use your son as a bait for the scary shadow thing to take him to the scariest person in the known universe? Neat. Thank you. Yeah, um, Neil was um not selling not selling the plan super well before he came up with it. And they have a pretty good, you know make sense argument if i were in robin hood's position i would 100 percent feel that way it's like yeah i get it your family is in danger and i'm sorry but you want me to risk my only son in the chance that maybe 
maybe it'll get you to yours. He is very little, as you can see. He's a tiny baby boy. What would happen if he went to Neverland? He's a tiny child. He's a baby. <laughs> and and in, in a Neil fashion, in a very odd, chaotic, good kind of way, he was just like, oh, this is your only son. You're a widower and this is this is your son. Cool. Uh, oh, and your wife barely lived through through giving birth to him. Fun. How did he live? How did she live long enough? Who helped? Who helped keep her alive? Was it my dad? Oh, so you like owe him? Cool. I'm going to need to bank on that as well. Thank you. <laughs> Check and mate, sir. <laughs> you can't keep pulling that. Yeah. And it also, you can't pull this for multiple reasons. One, no, you already played that card. And two, yeah. Rumple saved them from Rumple. I so to be fair, uh Neil played two different cards, but that happened in the same five minutes. Like the first one was, oh, you you owe my dad because he let you go. And then like turn around real time. This happened like what, 15 minutes later? He just goes, Oh, also he 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 stopped your your wife from dying. So I'm gonna also cash in on that. I'm like, same day. It's all one card. You don't get multiple cards for the same day. And also most of those cards belong to Belle. So like Rumble did not save Maid Marion. His no. magic wand that he was in his possession that could help a bunch of people, but he kept selfishly in his house like a dick did, because Robin Hood stole it. <laughs> And escaped with it and then used it on his wife. So, no, Rumple did not save Maid Marian. Wow. Rumple's such a hero. What? Just, I love how this story doesn't make any sense the longer we talk about it. But apparently, this works, and Rumple's like, or <laughs> Rob is like, you, fine. Fine. But like once, he can try once, and then we're, we're 100% out of here this place that I live. We're going to summon it. This guys, when you sell stuff on Facebook marketplace, don't put your home address. You go to like a police station or some sort of local so that they don't know where you live in case they're nuts. You don't summon the shadow to a homestead where this child will probably be living. Let's maybe not do that. Anyway. Well, I'm pretty sure they, they actually the did day. leave to go to the Sherwood forest because that's it, where Mulan finds them later. I think they but went I, back into the woods. I think, but I think that they summoned the shadow in like the castle. No, yeah, but but afterward, Robin did leave the castle. Like, okay, he I did guess follow through fair. on that. But, but not see, a, we could have kept the sh we could have kept the castle mm -hmm. had we left first. Yeah, doing the woods. The woods are worse. Like the castle is pretty cozy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a disheveled, but you clean it up. It's pretty so nice. So they decide to summon it. Mulan apparently has a, a brilliant um, plan for defense that, to the point where Robin Hood compliments her on it. It's just literally the three of them hiding very badly behind things. And the father isn't even in the right spot because the dad's like, I will be behind you so you can't see me when you're scared and need to be comforted. <laughs> Her plan was, we're going to put him in an adult shirt so there's extra sleeve so I can cut it later. That's her plan. Her plan is to have enough sleeve. Because that's, that's how they free him. The shadow grabs the cuff, pulls it out, and she slices that. That's the great plan. It's the funniest plan. 
if you think about it. Was that, was that, I thought he was just wearing his pajamas. They put him in like an, he had extra sleeve. Like that was, when he compliments her, he says, wow, he didn't even get hurt. And she goes, I know that was the plan. He pulls, like the shadow pulls the shirt out like a foot because he's like, he's like, they're dragging it. So he looks like he's got a cartoonish long arm. She cuts the top part of that sleeve off. So, like, that's the whole plan. I thought the plan was just where she was positioned. But I love that they're all, like, naughty. Like, they're, like, the world's worst hide-and-seekers because they're just, like, hiding behind a chair. Like, ah, like, and he's just, the kid's just standing there. Like, the shadow's an idiot. Like, I don't know what the, any of this plan was. But, yeah, this was idiotic. And, again, the, the line that he says, I don't know what I thought he was going to say. I thought he was going to say, I don't want to live here anymore. I don't love my parents. I feel so alone. I'm lost. No. He says, I believe. Oh, I said it. it okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, you may be young at heart. Okay. But, but we, we are also in our 30s. <laughs> listen. You're fine. Listen. Maybe they're desperate. Maybe they need, I'm in college now. I can be sassy. I can be cool and make fun of people and bully people like the Lost Boys. No, no, you're, you're in the Beetlejuice or maybe, or Candy, Candyman age. Oh. So don't say it. I already said it twice. Do not make my same mistake. I only have three more times I can say it. This is going to be the part where like, this is the podcast. It gets uploaded, but it's just like both of us being like mystery taken away by scary monsters. <laughs> The end of Once Upon a Time is very on brand for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it, it works somehow. And uh, uh, the my favorite moment was when Neil jumps out the goes to jump out the window. Mulan goes, no, he succeeds. And then she looks on and smiles as <laughs> she, she was like trying to stop him. And then is like, oh. Good for you. I'm so proud of you. I didn't think he was going to make that jump. He just, he doesn't look like he has that kind of uh, horizontal leap, but wow, good for him. I'm sorry I doubted him. I also believe, oh no, like, <laughs> it's coming back. And, and Neil ends up in Neverland where Felix the shit uh, greets him very smugly. So yay, that's fun. Fe- of course, Felix is back. I love Felix. Felix is the best. Felix, uh, 10 out of 10. Um, do I'm really we curious talk who about that what? actor is. Like, I kind of want to look him up. You look him up. Are I'm we going to talk up. about what, are we going to talk about now what happens with Mulan at the end? Yeah, let's talk about Mulan. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Mulan. The, the LGBTQ story that, um, that the, apparently the, in a, in a, a June 2013 interview, the showrunners were like, yes, we are open to an LGBT story and we're going to do it and it's going to be great. And hmm. by that, I mean, uh, we're going to slightly imply that someone is gay and then she's going to lose the woman she loves. Huh. I think there's a phrase for that. Mm. Is, hmm. there? is there? Hmm. Is there? Is they there? Think, is there? I know. There might be a phrase for it, but I don't think once upon a time would ever be accused of something like that. No. 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 They wouldn't definitely do it a couple of times later as well. Hmm. It's a mystery. Anyway, so Robin is so impressed by the long sleeve tactic that he's like, you should come join our merry men. The only girl. Hope that's not a problem. And then she just has that like pick me phrase. I'm used to it. It's fine. I know she's talking about like when she went and joined the army and I get it, but it just has that like, all my friends are guys. I don't know why girls won't be my friends. <laughs> like girls are bitches. I don't know. 
Uh, and she's like, she's like, no, because Neil right before he leaves is just like, I didn't tell Emma I loved her soon enough. If you love somebody, you have to let them know immediately. Tell them immediately. She's like, I gotta go tell somebody, a mystery person, that I love them immediately. So sorry, I cannot join your merry, your merry men. So she leaves. And you think it's going to be Prince Philip because that's who it was implied that she was in love with, which could have, I think, was true. Um, it, it seems like she is bisexual or pansexual in that she was originally attracted to Prince Philip. But lo and behold, time changes minds and hearts. Yeah, maybe maybe it was a maybe, maybe it was like he- a. Maybe it was like a Bella and Jacob situation where he was like attached to Bella only for long enough before the, the ch- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not even going to get through that. So yeah. Yeah. Let's, 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 yeah, let's no, jump ship. I, let's jump sorry. ship. Oh no, no. Just Bailey, bail, bail, bail. So yeah, she goes and she's talking to Aurora and she's just like, Oh, is like Philip around. I, I just, and she's like, no, he left. He had to go get like firewood or something because guess what? I'm 100% having a child right now. Isn't that amazing? Also, I'm st- even though I'm pregnant, I'm still wearing this corset for some reason. Oh uh, yeah. It's early. It's early. I can still lace up my corset. It's, it's fine. I guess mean, we're keeping a secret from I'm sorry, the, this no is- one else. This is way before pregnancy test. She would have had to have been at least eight weeks, like at least missing two menstrual cycles before she would really know she was pregnant. Like back back in the olden days, when was like the first time you would know? Because they they don't have the pee sticks. No, they don't have the pee sticks. But there was also it's kind of like I think when snow, like it, it, you just say stuff. Like what if she's not even pregnant? She just like again. We were talking about this before. Before where your body sometimes just does stuff, and you go, "Am I sick, or is this cramps, or is this just normal people feeling?" Like I'm now suddenly so conscious of every organ in my body. I have no idea if I'm healthy or not. Like she probably just ate a bad taco, and she just thinks she's pregnant because she's bloated and she hurts a lot. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> and so yeah, she's like, oh, "We're having a baby," and Mulan goes, "Oh, cool, neat," and just leaves. <laughs> just shows up hey is philip here no but i'm pregnant cool gotta go see you later not coming to the baby shower adios yeah so this was i mean let's look at it within the context of its time and then look at it with a more nuanced lens in the context of its time there was very little lgbtq representation on screen and when it was it was oftentimes more implied than direct, or it was just full-on stereotypes. Right. And, um, you know, positive stereotypes and negative stereotypes. Either way, it is they are tropes. And so in this situation, it did feel a little bit different. And I did like how they played it in that, like, you know, she was attracted to Prince Philip, but after spending time with Aurora, she started to grow fond of her, and they developed their own relationship. It doesn't necessarily change how she felt for Philip, but now she has this new love that she wanted to explore. But they can't have it, apparently. So if you look at it through the modern lens, like, they buried the gays. Like, that's, you know, like, that's the phrase you and I were were, were so, so expertly alluding to. Mm. Mm. We're such experts. Sorry if you guys didn't pick up on that. We were being very subtle. Yes. The media criticism. And so... In a modern in a modern light, it is frustrating as all hell, and they did try to repair it later. Not between Mulan and Aurora. That ship done sailed. 
but, you know, they do explore an LGBTQ relationship with Mulan and a main character from the show in the future. And that's nice. Does it fix what happened here? No. But, I mean, no. what are your thoughts about it? I... This was one of those things where I remember this scene very specifically, and I remember... At the time, it hit me in reverse. Like, I watched it and went, oh, that sucks. She was just really in love with Philip. And then, like, I kept thinking about it longer, like, afterwards, being like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Like, they they try to do that where you're going to see what you want to see. And I wasn't reading, like, the stuff that was coming out about it. So I think I would have been madder because there was... I have consumed so much media. I'm very aware, by the way, every time I do a media drop because I've realized how much media I've consumed in the last, like, 20 months during the pandemic, so I apologize. Uh, but they did the same thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, there is a there is a random line that Bucky Barnes says that alludes to the fact that he is either gay or a bisexual, and then they make a com- they, the, the writers made a comment of, just wait and see... And then they never follow through with it. They just kind of tempt you up front with interviews and things. They'll put one thing in there, like him scrolling through Tinder and seeing tiger profiles. Uh, and that's what you get. That is the crumb that they're going to give you and you have to live off of it. And, you know, like I've started taking the, it, this has come up a lot more uh, in a lot of conversations with, uh, you know, uh, LGBTQ in the media was like a long time ago, Mark Hamill was asked, you know, is Luke gay or Luke bisexual or something? And Mark Hamill was just like, if you watch star Wars and you think that Luke Skywalker is gay or bisexual or whatever, then he is like, it's what you take from it, which I think is nice. And I think that's a nice way for his, the actor to take it and to project it. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I'm getting in the weeds here, but all I'm saying is that, yeah, I don't care for this as, as a watching it today specifically, because I do wish they would have followed through with it. Because you're right. A lot of those shows, the stereotypical lens. You know what? I'm almost happy they didn't. Because had they done it, it would have been weird. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they wouldn't have known. Because I, I guarantee you, whatever writer's room they had was not equipped to handle just to a, a woman-woman relationship. They barely handle w heterosexual relationships in this show. <laughs> I don't know if I trust them to have the nuance of a of just like two people knowing each other or being in love with each other. Like they're just it's sloppy. So yeah, and there are shows nowadays that are handling those the uh, LGBTQ relationship, particularly between two women, really well. And I've actually found honestly animated shows are a great source for that. Steven Universe is fantastic. Um, uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power had a LGBTQ storyline for the two main characters. They ended up falling, they fell in love. And most recently, Owl House um, has made, uh, the protagonist is in a relationship with, uh, with a girl in her school. And so like, and they're two main characters. So like, we are seeing better representation that isn't those crumbs. And the crumbs is a media discussion that we could do for hours because that plays, that is a lot to do with um, censorship, particularly in China. Um, yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's about what, you know, what can we do that gives enough for American audiences, but the audiences that don't like this stuff, we can still, we can just take it out. 
stick around. Oh, it's fine. Oh, yes. It would 100% could be a, a, a thousand hour conversation because not only with, and this is just current event topics, is because it's the exact same thing that happened with OnlyFans. Because for whatever reason, they think that when they introduce a homosexual relationship or queer relationship of any sort, it's, in, it's inherently sexual. Like, they think that they're immediately in, introducing that, which is where the censorship problem comes up. They can't just be two people that are really, like, that are in love with each other. This show never shows any, like, rarely shows any sexy time stuff. There should be no problem with that. But for some reason, the closeted, or not closeted, not right word, the bigoted was the word I was going for. People that watch it, they just go, oh, yeah, that's ex- this is my children. I can't believe they're seeing it, which is what happened in, like, what, season five when they tried to fix this. Mm-hmm. And that's where the censorship comes from. And that's what happened like with OnlyFans where they were just like, well, capitalism and the banks and whatever. But then they had to go back on it, which is my favorite. Oh, I have conversations about that, but we won't talk about that. Sorry. Yeah, we we, can, but, uh, we, yeah. we could, but we won't. Let's, we instead, won't. let's instead go to Neverland and we're going to uh, go to a bunch of lost teens hanging out by themselves doing as Peter Pan says. Uh, don't they have the aren't they having the most fun as they oh, lazily having... throw knives into the ground abby i was talking to you before the episode started about the the moment that made me die i, I wound this me. and watched it three times tell me please well no you, they cut to like a shot of some extras just lazily throwing knives onto the ground and then and then peter pan is turning to henry like aren't they having a great time and I was like, I couldn't, I, I could not deal. I couldn't do it. I, I'm dying. Listen, here is my theory. They did not tell a single one of those teenage boys what they were doing. Nope. They put them in cloaks, stood them near trees, and gave them prop knives and just filmed them for hours. Those kids had no idea they were even being filmed. That's just natural 17-year-old boy behavior. Hard. Just throwing knives between them. They're like, keep doing what you're doing. You look great. So, Abby, I I had a long flight because I went to San Francisco last week. And so I downloaded a couple episodes of Once Upon a Time to watch this one and to watch next week's uh, while I was on the plane. (laughs) If you think the lost lost boys having a great time now, just wait until next week when the Pied Piper shows up. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. That episode's going to be uncomfortable to talk about. It's going to be uncomfortable. We're we're going to have a good time. We're gonna are we? Good. Yes. I don't, I, no, I don't think we are. No, we're going to have a great time. Uh, I, I do love that I noticed the exact same. I did not rewind it a bunch, but I did have the thought, and I know I've mentioned it on here, is this is why I was terrified to have a son. Because this is what, this is what boys do. They just sit around at packs with sharp objects and throw it at stuff to see where it sticks. It's what they do. If they don't have knives, they use pencils and they throw them into the ceiling. That's just what they do. They get bored. They have shiny. Per- to the point of, that's what they're doing. Let's all fun play a game. Now there's a crossbow involved. Yep. You cannot just, uh, they probably made it. They probably just fashioned it. And it's like, it's all very like Lord of the Flies going on here, which is hysterical to me. I love this. I love this so much. Yeah. And Felix is just like, he's a vol. He's eager, eager, eager beaver volunteer. Felix. So what I was laughing about was the fact that Felix seems so unhinged in this episode 
and he's holding that apple and I'm like, why do they have apples? And I'm just thinking they're 17 year olds. They probably hollow them out and make bongs with them. But he just seemed like he had just eaten something fun because he was just like, yeah, Henry, shoot this off my head. Shoot it. Shoot. Like just a crazy look at this. Like, shoot me. What if I die? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Like just the most bizarre. And they're all like, it's all very, like I said, very Lord of the Flies lost his mind. And the the point here is they're playing William Tell. Uh, I'm going to have you shoot the apple. And like, Henry, you're going to be the one that shoots the apple. Also, just to really increase the stakes, it's covered with the, um, the, the super poison that we've talked about for the last three episodes. You know, to encourage you not to miss. I did, I did think this was fun because... Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the the way that Peter Pan introduces it, it's like, oh, Henry's going to be the target. We're just torturing you for, for shits and giggles. But no, Peter Pan is like, you're, you're part of the crew now. We're, we're going we're gonna to have a good time. We're going to have super yeah. fun. And and then what Henry does and then how Peter Pan reacts was probably my favorite moment of the episode. Oh, yeah. No, this was this was this was gold. Like yeah. it me describing it as how I was like feeling while I watched it. Cause I'm like, Oh no, they got to shoot this out before Henry's head. And then like Felix is unhinged with his apple on his head. It's like, yeah, shoot it. Right. And Henry, um, in an uncharacteristic move, mm-hmm. doesn't want to shoot the apple off. He very quickly there, they like count him down and he just turns Katniss Everdeen style and tries to shoot pan and pan catches it in his front of his chest right before it hits him. Risky game pan, but all right. Throws the, arrow away and it's just like nice anyway let's go and just like they leave they're just like awesome cool you passed anyway let's go like he is he's toying with the boy um and torturing him in a very specific different way that Mm -hmm. but also recruiting him like this is you know i i really liked this because it's unclear whether or not pan knew this was going to happen, my guess would be he thought it could, but he was prepared either way. Like, he wasn't, yeah. like, betting that Henry was going to try to kill him, but he also just didn't care. Like, you'd think that someone like Peter Pan would get really surly and upset that someone tried to murder him, but he's just like, eh, it's fine. Let's go. I huh. think I think after all of the time that Pan has been alive and recruiting small, lost boys, that he knows who who shows up. Mm-hmm. He knows who gets dropped in front of him. Like the moment he looks at them, however they react, like if they stand up and they're like, where am I? What's going on? He knows how to deal with an aggressive, like an aggressive boy. He knows how to deal with shy ones. He knows how to deal with stubborn ones. He knows how to deal with the loyal ones and the not loyal ones. Like he's probably been churning these kids out by the dozen. So the moment uh, Henry shows up, he, there's nothing Henry can do that is going to surprise Pan as far like at the moment like mm-hmm. as he tries to as he tries to get him he's just like nope he's going to do a couple of these things it's almost like Rumple's future seeing thing but it's just he's done so much legwork in just meeting people he just knows that's how I read it that's that's fair so. and then uh and then Pan tells Henry that Emma. Might not be the savior for the reason you think she is. You're special, Henry. He's special. You're so special. Look how special you are and hands him a scroll. Henry, I don't believe you. He just throws it. I don't want to look at it. Yeah, the, and sc- then he- the scroll is like 
like Henry, you're you're not stupid. Like he could have drawn that after you showed up while you were sleeping. You're dreaming and he dream draws you. I don't know. Yeah, but that but that's exactly what Pan wanted because he throws it and he goes, I don't believe you. And then Pan lowers the boom on him and just says, Mind me a lot of your father. And he gets up and leaves. And then Henry just sits there and stews for a while. Damn it, I need to look at the scroll. <laughs> so he looks at the scroll <laughs> and he looks at the scroll. And I had to laugh because this is the moment where he's like, Oh, it's all real. Uh, because the picture is of him from like season one. It's just this very young version of him because the version of him holding the scroll looks much different. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like the idea of him having that like uh, Eugene moment uh, from uh, from Tangled. of just like, they always get my nose wrong. <laughs> Who drew this? Is this what I look like? Oh my God. Like the teenage uh, self-consciousness sets in in that specific moment. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. So, you know, Henry's... Henry's being uh, recruited quietly. That's right. And meanwhile, meanwhile. Uh, our, our main heroes are trying to recruit someone else to join their little party. Because this is what needed to happen in this episode for reasons. All of the adults in this episode make me want to scream. This is the worst team and I'm mad that it continues happening. They, they as much as the Regina Tink uh, stuff bothers me, them working together and trying to like make up cohesive plans, but failing to, it doesn't feel like it's actually a bad team. It just feels like bad writing. And so it frustrates me to no end while this interactions happen because Regina yet again starts mentioning that she wants to use magic. So they all are just like, are you not listening for the last two episodes? We've been telling you that you can't do it. She's like, I just don't understand why. Mm -mm -mm. I, I did uh, frustrating. So then they're, you know, Hook's like, we have to just go find it. Because they keep moving Henry. The camp keeps moving, so they can't find him. So Hook says, I know somebody that lives on this island that can probably help us. It's a fairy. Her name's Tinkerbell. She's, she'll probably help us. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We'll, we'll go find her. We have to walk, though. No magic. So then they start walking. And then my favorite thing that they do in this whole episode is just, like, people hanging back. Just to be like, have a secret conversation that everyone hears. Because <laughs> Regina immediately hangs back. Emma, Emma, come back here. And Snow comes with her. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. She's like, what if we use our magic together? And no, you, we, no, we're going to go find Tinkerbell. This sucks. This is the worst plan that anyone's ever heard of. This is an episode that's full of people making secret plans in full view and audio of everyone else. And then when they don't get their way, they walk angrily so that big giant leaves fly in each other's faces. I yeah. <laughs> like there there's so much passive aggressiveness in this episode. So much. So much. And all I could keep thinking was they have so many mosquito bites. Like it just seems like there's so many mosquitoes in mm -hmm. this place. Anyway, uh so they 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 shoot that down. They shoot that plan down. Uh and then they keep walking. And then Regina hangs back, like, like she's stretching is my favorite. She's like, oh, I'm going to stretch. I got my wedge heels on. I got to stretch. Ugh, I got to stretch. Ugh. And Emma, what are you doing now? She's like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, not go meet Tinkerbell. You guys go ahead. Um, it's not suspicious at all. It's not suspicious. No, you go. And Emma's just like, what did you do to her? And she's like, I just did what I did to everybody. You know, made their lives miserable. And Emma's like, fine. You just stay here on the log. See ya. And she just leaves. She leaves her there. Mm -hmm. So she leaves. So she leaves. And then like the moment she leaves, 
Regina's just sitting there. I love that this whole time, like all of them are in adventuring gear and she's in a blazer. I just, the energy is immaculate. So she's just sitting there on the log, like the mayor of Storybrooke, just waiting. Took you long enough. Here comes Tink running out of the thing. She's like, oh, oh. What did she say? Like, I wronged her or something. She's like, that's a, a, a diplomatic way of putting it, you piece of shit. I, if, I kept thinking, especially when uh, she was yelling at Regina later in the cave, I just kept thinking, I wish Tink could drop F-bombs because it would have made it so much better. Mm-hmm. This would have been the time. Like, if anyone could say F-bombs, it should have been Tink and it should have been directly at Regina. Um, and she's like, yeah, yeah, hey, what's up? <laughs> You suck. Even, even though, like, Tinkerbell, yeah, she could drop an F-bomb, but she wasn't, like, she 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 goofed, too. Like, well, they yeah. both done goofed in this episode. Oh, they, this, this, was, this was chaotic energy from the jump. Uh, and in fact, and it's actually like, go into their story a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because, you know, they, they kind of chat about it a little bit. Uh, during their confrontation where um, where Tinkerbell is threatening to kill Regina. Not with magic because she doesn't have it anymore. And we're going to find out why. Because Regina is now the queen of all the lands. The queen of her giant table of horrible grossness food. And her father, sorry, her husband and his daughter are conveniently away. Hooray! Because we can't get the actors right now. They're busy on other projects. So she is sad and alone in her castle and she's well, drinking, she's drinking wine. Well, we also have, like, I mean, we're not going to spend a lot of time, but Rumpel probably. Yeah, yeah. He shows up he to shows up. sad, drunk yeah. Regina getting drunk on her wine. And he's like, hey, I thought you died because you didn't show up for one day. Yeah. Rumpel. Uh, and she's like, listen, I don't like these lessons. It's starting to creep me the hell out. And she's like, I don't like any of this. And he's like, no, you're dark. You're dark and you're darkness. And the darkness will feed on you. And this whole, like, darkness will feed on you. The bitterness, the whatever. I hated all of it. And I reject it. Like, Yeah, this is a, a, a theme we get in later seasons where the darkness, quote unquote, takes on this form, this life of its own. That is almost outside of Rumpel's control. Because they want to get rid of some of Rumpel's culpability and make it a larger evil force that can make him a bit more sympathetic. I don't buy it. I don't like it. And I don't think it works. And it especially does not work here because he's never discussed the darkness in this way before. But alas, they're trying to tie it to Regina's dark heart, which she reveals. Which we also get to see. Yeah, we love our hearts, especially when they're dark. Anyway, Regina is on the balcony, sat on a balcony and starts, you know, having, having, having a little, having a little self time, having a little me, uh, having a little cry. And lo and behold, oh no, the, 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 the thing fell away and she's falling. And they kind of allude to that. Maybe she did it on purpose, but they don't say it. Well, because they, I also didn't like that. Yeah. Because she's mad and she's hitting it really hard. Mm -hmm. Like she notices it's loose and she's like, she's just, she's just that mad. Like she's so mad that like one thing happens and she just wants to just hit the world back. But like physically it's to me, 
until they made the joke about whether or not she jumped or not. Uh, it, it had the energy of, I've never been madder in my entire life. And then you walk through a room and your belt loop catches a door handle. And then now <laughs> you're even madder. <laughs> ah! uh, but yeah, she, she breaks, she breaks the gate and then she falls. And it's, I, I can't with this fall. I can't with the fall and the follow up. <laughs> There's there's bad falls. There's even even worse one with Tinkerbell later. I felt so Ugh. bad for the actress. You just saw her underpants. It's so bad. Anyway, yeah. So but, she but falls. Yeah. yeah, but Tinkerbell saves her just in time. She is a fairy and she brings her back up and she's like, you're sad. You, you Things are bad for you and I can tell. I want to make you happy. So they head over to the tavern with some of with one of the strangest music choices I've heard on the show in a while. It's like full on Renaissance fair jaunty tunes and I was I mean I was digging it, but it was very out of place for the show. Whatever, I love the scene so much. Like mm-hmm. I I I went back and forth between whether or not I liked Tinkerbell's outfit. I loved it in this scene specifically just because of how out of place she looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it had the right color of green. The magic didn't, but her dress and everything had the right color of kind of like a foresty green. Anyway, but her just sitting there talking to Regina, and it always seemed, by the way, that Regina was in like her nightgown. It never seemed like real clothing because they always put her in all white. They kept mm-hmm. putting her in all white to make sure that we understood that this is before she turned to shoulder pads and leather corsets and, and big hats. Because her hair is down, she's her innocence is still intact. She is not, she's not been taken by the darkness quite yet, and she's just having a bottomless mimosa time with Tinkerbell. And like at one point, she's just like, "I don't really like my husband." Like she like looks around and then like whispers it to her. She's like, "Oh my god, he sucks so much." And his daughter, she arranged to have my boyfriend killed. What a piece of shit! Like. This is my favorite thing that happened. I don't know why. It was just two girls who don't know each other airing their grievances. I loved this so much because Tinkerbell is me. I would meet a stranger and just be like, you know what you should do? You should go into a bar and find the love of your life. Screw your husband and his weird little daughter who arranged to kill you. You go get what you need. Like, that's the chaotic friend you need. That's the kind of positivity that Regina needed in her life. Yeah, they were, I mean, this was, this was what Regina needed at the right time. Uh, I do also want to point out how, again, gross looking food on their plates. The fake food in this episode, zero, zero points out of 10, zero points. Gross, so disgusting. But I do want to make a note that there was a a deleted scene in this, in this episode that I want to point out because I thought it was very funny, Um, where... (laughs) Uh, a knight was going to come up, would come up to the table and start like hitting on Regina and Regina didn't want any of it. So she's like, get the fuck out of here. And uh, then Tinkerbell does some magic on him to make him look like an idiot. And then everyone laughs. And the only reason I wanted to point that out is because I was immediately imagining the ladies who tavern being there for oh, their mimosas yeah. being very Yas queen, not knowing she's actually the queen, but being right. Yas queen to the table of two gals over there just trying to have some gal pal time dishing about their boyfriends and some guy comes over and tries to hit on them and they get magicked away. I love it. Oh, oh, 100% the ladies who tavern were like all over that. And they probably got like Tink and Regina probably got up and left 
before they got up the gall to come over and recruit them. Like, mm-hmm. we should ask them. We need some more, some younger gals to spice things up. You know, single ladies to, to give us some more stories. Come over here. Oh, they left. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, like, so Tink, Tink is just like, oh, I'm going to get you some pixie dust and we're going to solve your life. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, so so she's going to find her love again because everyone gets love another time, which, yes, I agree. And everyone deserves a second chance, which also I agree. But you know who does not agree? The the sussiest person in the universe? Oh, my God. This scene made me uncomfortable. So Tinkerbell comes back to her fairy land where she is confronted by none other than Blue. Uh, And this is their fairy grotto, which, which... I'm guessing it's not a coincidence that they were, live in giant tulips that look like eggs because they kind of have a parallel with the dwarves who are born in, in eggs. I don't know. I just saw a parallel there. And Blue is pissed because Green, a.k.a. Tinkerbell, is out living her best life, as, as Blue puts it, becoming big for no reason. I love that accusation so much you got big for no reason how dare you considering how often big is blue is regular size in later seasons i'm going to call back to this every single time i love i would like also to point out because we're talking about the tulips there's tulips all around like it looks like the senate scene in Mm -hmm. star wars I love the idea that there's fairies in all of them just like sitting, like, I don't know what they're doing. They're just standing there because it's only big enough for a single person or a single fairy. I like that they're just in there just like really quietly like, oh no. Oh, don't say it. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, big shocker. Blue's mad again. And then like, there's one that's being like, do you think that they're going to excommunicate green? Cause I've always wanted the name green and I, I don't like being called Emerald. It sounds weird. I want to be green. There should be, I should be green. I should be green. I just love that. Like there's blue and there's green. Like there's gotta be enough fairies that like a bunch of them have weird color names. Like one of them's magenta. And then there's like cerulean flying around and mauve. Aquamarine. Aquamarine. Water, water. Uh, I, anyway, yes. She's just like you for the rest of your life will be under my direct supervision. She flies away. <laughs> what? And also, and I know we talk about it every time we see Blue. What is with the dress? How did the dress get worse? It looks worse because she's in a confined space, which makes her giant, like, jellyfish skirt look even more obvious and conspicuous i don't remember it having the big flowers and i also like for some reason the skirt looked like a crocheted granny square is a whole thing for me like this looked like a different version of the dress like they were trying to go for like a tulip situation like what make her look like flowers and just was so bad i hated this dress i think it might have been because this is technically the first time we've seen her full size because she is with a peer who is the same size as her. How often uh, does, you know, blue doesn't become big for no reason until the budget says she has to. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we also don't see her glowing with her, her blueness. Yes. She's just up. She's just a fairy with no glow. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, you. I will watch you and do and only watch you forever. You are my charge leaves. 
Um, and then uh, Green decides, oh, well, she's gone. And so she dives down the weird flower butthole thing. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Which apparently had also had a supply of pixie dust because she shows up with pixie dust. But yeah, she flies And they down get big again. <laughs> for no reason! <laughs> I like she's just and the whole trip is just one big middle finger your parents said your curfew was at 10 so you left at 10 30 just to be an extra piece of shit like you're just like let's go but she does take one final lesson from blue with her which I will get into in just a moment because she goes to Regina and is like we're going to change your life girl yas queen we're gonna go find you a prince and by prince I mean some dude chilling at a tavern got a lion tattoo he's your soulmate i never met him go inside and talk to him and then just like blue she leaves yeah see you later no we got it you're fine you gotta go i can't actually witness you finishing this so let's go uh yeah this whole scene yeah like it's the there is no logical reason why tinkerbell wouldn't see this through she is putting everything on the line for regina in this moment and there's no rule. She doesn't mention like, oh, I can't be, I can't see it. You have to just, I have to believe for, I have to believe in you just as you believe in me. Like if they'd literally done a line like that, I would have been like, that's stupid, but okay. But no, she gives no reason for leaving. She just walks away. She, I Couldn't she have gotten small and like hidden in Regina's pocket or something or literally anything, but she's just like, yep. He's that guy in there with his back to you. Uh, he has a lion tattoo, which, by the way, this might just be from me doing, like, jujitsu and, and being somewhat tapped into bro culture. But uh, that's, like, such a, like, weird cliche with, like, guys who lift of having a lion tattoo, like, right on their peck or, like, on their arm or something. It's like, a lion. I have a lion. So when they said that, it triggered a different thing for me where I was just like, <laughs> he's a bro. He's got to go to the gym. But I, I hated this tattoo the first time I saw it. I still hate this tattoo. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it bothers me so much. It really shouldn't. Um, I think it's because it's, just, it's so solid. You can tell it's fake, but it's also like placed weird. I mm. think for being that solid, like it just, it seems like no one would pick that. I guess. I also think this is just me just getting way too much into it, but like a guy whose main source of defense is precision with his arm would not get something. And I think it's even on his bow arm. Like, because when you hold the bow and you thwack there, a lot of the times that they're, they're wearing like a piece of leather or something to keep it from snapping onto their forearms. Mm -hmm. So the idea that he got a tattoo on his forearm, like, and he shoots a thwack. Oh God. Like, oh, but it's worth it. Cause it looks so dope. <laughs> And also, he is the Prince of Thieves. His whole thing is he has to be secretive. He has to be able to hide. We've all seen the Disney movie where the fox dresses up as an old man or dresses up as a stork. Like, if you have a, an obvious tell on your wrist, how easy is it going to be for the Sheriff of Nottingham to find you when he's not busy <laughs> trying to sexually assault Belle? Thank you. Yes. Uh, so anyway... That's who that you. So he's looking like, oh, spoiler. We, 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 we ruined it. It's Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh, but she like looks in and she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's too much. I can't, I can't deal with it. Her reasoning later for why she doesn't go in there uh, infuriates me. Uh, n not as much as what uh, 
Tinkerbell says later, but yeah, she's like, I can't, I can't. And she runs. And my favorite part is that she slams the, like, she pushes the door or slams the door or something. Oh yeah, she opens it because she's going to go in all triumphant in a nightgown, but then slams the door and the whole wall shakes because it's a set. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I'll have to it's watch so that. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like oh. there's a wobble. Like there's a, there's a big flex. Anyway, she runs and she, she goes, um, and Tinkerbell's is like, oh, she totally, totally did it. She absolutely did it. So she gets small again and then goes to like the Pantheon or wherever the hell they're at. And Blue, um, Blue catches her. Yeah, yeah, because Regina did not do it. She's just like, oh, he was a jerk and I hated him. And Tinkerbell's, no, you just didn't talk to him. You, you can try again. It's fine. Nope. I like power. I like my heart. It's dark now. It's getting darker. I feel it to the darkness. It's creeping I- in. I loved where she was like, I was worried. She's like, the only thing tethering me to this world is my anger. And I didn't want to go meet somebody that was like cute and would love me. Uh, that would ruin everything. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? Sure, Regina. Yeah, also, like her, I guess. her huge motivation is trying to get her mother's approval and her love. So like, no, that no, like. At this point, that doesn't actually track at all because she still loves her mother in a weird, right. twisted way. But alas, Tinkerbell comes across Blue. Blue is like, you've had your second chance and your third chance and your 14th chance. You got big for no reason. <laughs> so I'm going to rip your wings off while you're in a- midair and drop you on the stone ground so in a way that your skirt comes up over your butt. <laughs> how could how did they see that and not go, we can get another take? Like, I, because the next shot is a jump cut because the skirt is understandably back over her ass because this actress, did she's a, she was in iZombie, she's in the Christmas Prince series. Like, she's a, she's a great, great actress seemingly a wonderful person she did not deserve this no no and i just like i like that they're like well i guess thank goodness her panties match i get like it was like why is this happening why did we have to see her butt like this is not like oh whatever anyway yeah like that's what that's what the tape is for you tape it over the butt before you throw her off the bridge i like i they, they 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 did it wrong. I did not care for that. I was very angry about it. Uh, yeah, she is. She found her Christmas prince, so it's all fine. But still, <laughs> I forgot about the Christmas prince. Is there, is there another one coming out? Uh no, I think that they're done. However, Damn. I am pretty sure that they are making another one of those Vanessa Hudgens, uh, doppelganger ones. Because they always can find more Vanessa Hudgens out there somewhere. Uh, there's like just, them. there's so many out in the wild. You just, you never know how many this you can run Vanessa into. This, I, I was going to go trade lives with uh, Vanessa Hudgens that, uh, that works at a zoo. Cause I really wanted to be uh, into biology. Like I like that she just gets to pick where she wants to go switch. Anyway. Yes. So that, that is the big, that is the story. Um, that is the big reveal or reveal of what Regina did to Tink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the follow-up, by the way, to this is that, uh, just to close out the story, is that the, the reveal of the tattoo is Mulan joining Robin. Yeah. And they shake hands and we see his tattoo. So there was that's where the reveal was, which it was 
like it's just so just and I knew it was coming but I don't know if I remember it being this big of a deal but it was like shaking hands we're shaking hands yes we're shaking hands let's look we're shaking hands nap hand to the hands that are shaking oh it's a tattoo I felt like it took forever but maybe that was just me and I think this is an okay place for us to mention that thing that really really made us angry um which is what Tinkerbell says to Regina about you know oh did you actually go see him no well you're you're a selfish a-hole and here's why yeah so just to to fast forward because where we left them was arguing in the cave which by the way i'm just going to point out a continuity problem here is that regina's heart is very clearly out of her body but she's still having an emotional response thank you okay i got so angry about that i was it was a, maybe Regina just has so many emotions her heart can't hold them all like she's got like a second heart like a time lord uh but yeah so that that sucked but she basically convinces Tink to not kill her um just to 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 let hope live it was all very snow white speech um gives her heart back she agrees to help them kind of but not really it was confusing and i don't care so they're at a camp later and Regina's sitting there and Tink goes and sits down she goes i don't understand why didn't you go in? And then Regina gives her like weird. I was tethered to my anger. I, I didn't want to give that up and I couldn't do that. And she's like, wow, it's really selfish that you didn't go in there. She's like, of all of the things that you could call it, I don't understand how you could call it selfish. That's when Tink says, because you, I'm going to say it deeply into the microphone, ruined his life. I, Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe Tink, just, just a thought, maybe you making magic happen to find her soulmate and meeting him out of order against the timeline was ruining his life because then he wouldn't have met his wife and had his child in which he loves so very much. Again, this, this is the nonsense that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, this, this... So if we're going to play fair, technically, Tinkerbell does not know who Robin Hood is. She does not know that he had a wife and he has a loving son. We could put that in its own box. She doesn't know that. But the writers do. The writers know that in this very episode, we see Robin doting on his wonderful, loving four-year-old son, who is the cutest thing on the planet. So it's like, you know, yeah, we can excuse it for Tinkerbell as a character that she doesn't know, but we still know as an audience that no, his life did not get ruined. This is such a weird thing to close the episode on. It's like, are we supposed to look at this child and look at this this relationship he had and be like, oh, none of that should have happened. He should have been with Regina. Like, I don't get what the purpose I, of this is other than just to be cruel. I So here's what I honestly think. I don't think they thought about that. Mm. I think they were trying to make a conversation about you didn't go meet the love of your life and now he does not have his soulmate. But it does not track with the fact that, again, she doesn't know that, but she literally said while she was taverning with Regina of, you know, it's like, no, the love of my life is dead. You can have another love of your life. Like, that's not it. You're not done. Like, she makes some comment about, like, no, you can find love again. 
So the idea that, and this is a timeline thing for me, where Tinkerbell is messing with the natural order of things. They, if they're soulmates, they're supposed to meet in a at a at a specific time. And I think about it like this: if I would have met my husband four years earlier than I did, we would not have gotten married. <laughs> we would not have liked each other. Like it's just when you meet people, like you meet people at certain points in their life, you either jive at that point or you don't, and you become different people. Like as time goes on, you mature, you gain experience, things happen. And if you like would meet later, maybe you would like each other, maybe something else. But like, if you're just going to shove two people who are supposed to end up together together before they're supposed to, it might not work. I just, it, it, it drives me. That's what drove me the most crazy. But again, yes, the erasure of, you know, what is life? What is life? He should be out with you. What would that relationship have looked like, by the way? Regina was barely holding herself together as a person. She had no idea who she was or what she was doing. She had no personality. She was just lost and drifting and everyone was shaping her. Could you imagine her just like walking in and just be like, hey, Robin. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm dating this girl over here. Who are you? <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I just, this, this whole line was this weird drama moment that were, they were, like you said, were trying to convey you were you were supposed to be in each other's lives and you're not and you should feel bad about that because he's with you're without him and he's without you yeah but as you also said tinkerbell you can find love again and robin hood did and he has a baby so what is wrong with you you're stupid and as we and know they later we do later then meet they do meet they mm -hmm. get together like, they meet each other later in life. So Regina, knowing that earlier versus now, like, it's just, it's, it would have been different if it was, like, we use the pixie dust and now we know that it's a man with a lion tattoo. Which is also, by the way, a very selfish, uh, I always hate prophecies like that, too, because you're just then ruining it for somebody to be like, I'm waiting for a man with a lion tattoo. Do you have a lion tattoo? No, I don't. Then I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Ew, gross. I only talk to boys with lion tattoos. Get out of my face. <laughs> now you're now you're just passing up meeting people at this point. Anyway, yes, this whole thing was weird. Maybe Tink is kind of a bad fairy. Regina's not wrong. No, they I mean Blue's wrong, but Regina's not quite wrong. They're all wrong. I don't know if there's anyone in this episode. I guess maybe Henry? Like, there's hardly anyone in this episode who makes good decisions. And that is like kind of the theme of the episode is people making bad decisions. Speaking of which, hey, David, we forgot uh, to talk about him because uh, David is dying. He might die in three days. And yet he doesn't want to tell Mary Margaret because he doesn't want her to be sad. I, the best line is that he's asking Hook how long he has. But right before he shows him, and again, this is my life review, be like just Josh Dallas wanting to show all of us his chest. He's like, look at it. It just look, really Hook. scratched me. Look, actor. It's look. there. It looks great. But it's like, it's it's all spider veiny and stuff. It's all gross and everything. And And he's like, how long do you think I have? And then Hook, you know, a pirate, not a doctor, just went, and then he says the most vague thing ever. He's just like, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe, but you definitely won't see the summer. Like that, it's just like, how much time do I have, Doc? You got three days or 16 years. I'm not sure. 
but sometime in there, it's like a it's like a cable guy. And Charmy's like, okay, I should probably tell her. And then Snow shows up. And she's just like, I love you so much. I don't know how I'd do this without you. Tink is just looking for home, and that's what I was doing. And I didn't have a home until I found you. You are my reason for waking up in the morning. If I didn't have you, I would simply die. I love you so much. I don't think of myself as a person so much as a connection to you. Anyway, you wanted to tell me something? You look like you have a fever. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay, let's go. Oh my God, Snow. Yeah, but Snow doesn't know. The thing is, like, you, you, the thing is, David doesn't actually want to tell her. Hook is the one saying, you need to tell your wife that you're going to die in a couple of days. And, and David's like, no, 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 it's fine. We're going to go find some pixie dust. It'll be fine. We'll fix it. There's no pixie dust. And then he's like, I can't tell her anyway, because it would make her sad. Like this, these kind of plot contrivances make me really angry because one, communication is very important in a relationship. And two, lying to somebody about your health, especially at the time where they may not have you soon, that takes autonomy, that takes something away from them. Like they want to have time to spend with you before you go. They want to know what's happening so that they can treasure the time that they have with you. Or I don't know, maybe try and help save your life. So like David is making a decision for Mary Margaret that I do not like. And also for his daughter, he's not even considering whether to tell her. The only guy who knows, the only person who knows is a pirate that he feels weirdly threatened by in a masculine manner for some reason. He just wants also, to show off his pecs. Also, the we're not communicating and it's bad is a lesson they keep learning. Mm -hmm. And if they have to keep learning it, I'm the fact that if they have to keep learning this, but don't end up in couples therapy drives me insane because that is what their entire relationship is, is just a constant communication problem and they never fix it. Nope. And then at the end of it, they always hug and kiss and be like, I'll never keep anything from you again. And then five seconds later, they start keeping things from each other. Like it's, it drives me bonkers. Like, that's the thing that makes me the most mad about it. Because I just, I, if I have to watch Snow and Charming realize that they need to tell each other things, <laughs> I'm just going to scream. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, Snow love bombing him out of nowhere is what made me laugh the most. Because it was just like, I just love you so much. I just I feel like I would just simply die if you weren't around. Do you have a fever? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Like, he does not look well. Like, he is clearly sweating more than everybody else. He clearly has panic eyes. And Snow's like, are you sure? Oh, well, he said he's fine. Let's go. He wouldn't keep anything from me. We learned that last season. He would never keep anything from me, obviously. So I'm going to take him at his word, and we're going to carry on with our merry way. Let's go. Ugh. Well, that was season three, episode three, Quite a Common Fairy. And I got to say, this was uh, quite a common episode. Not in that it was recurring like it's a common thing but then it felt just kind of common i just like it's not special it's just this common. felt phoned in this felt phoned in and like it yeah i also do like i'm just checking our time i like that when we like an episode we kind of go under time but if we don't like an episode 
it's always because it's more fun it's more fun that way i know but there's more to pick apart like it's just like i really like this, and this, game. Me too. this episode also had like fourteen thousand storylines this was every character you know what i'm glad didn't show up in this episode uh mentally projected bell <laughs> yes we got so we got you a know break. what there's 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 a plus in mm. there's something in the plus okay. column we okay. didn't get that all right oh yeah no this episode was this this is this had a lot of random setup points that just for no reason. Um, but I do like that David's, uh, I, I do like how all in they went with like David's wound. <laughs> just like, uh, we really had to kind of phone it in on the tattoo, but for Robin, but you know what? This, this, this is going to look sick. We went to party city for Halloween and we got the stuff. Oh, this scar is going to look wild. Like <laughs> it's going to great. It's going to be black. No, like he can't bathe in front of anybody. Like if they were like at a river or something and they're like trying to like get clean, I mean, he just cannot take off his shirt. No, nope. he only has that one shirt. So he's just going to be in that stinky shirt, sweating with his fever. He's going to pull a Mulan and you know, do it behind a rock. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I do like that. He's like clearly sweating. Like, I know he's got a fever from the thing, but like hook is in like 15 layers of leather. He's fine. It's like, ah, I, I mean, feel fine. He, he, this is, this is his home. This is where he's from. He's used to it. He's a pirate. Anyway, so we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode, Once Upon a Timing. Uh, we especially want to thank our wonderful patrons, including our Snow Queen patrons. That's going to be Daisha Thompson, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Philip Korn. Yes, Korn. Uh, some, I have it a little far away and my glasses aren't working so great. Samantha Hussle, Brian Sanina, Lisa Slack, Lindsay Alice Halleck. Paul and Ryan Gregoricos. If you want to be a patron yourself, you can join us at patreon.com slash OUA timing. We will be recording a brand new Patreon exclusive episode for our mid tier and up patrons. We're going to be talking about Amazon Prime's Girl Boss Cinderella adaptation. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of Yas Queen, most chaotic cast list I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Like I'm so excited it, I, to talk about this. Did you see? Oh, have you you watched it? Yeah. No, it's just the trailer. Just the trailer. Okay. I, started, cool. I, okay. I, I've, I'm already I'm already over the moon and how much I'm gonna hate this movie. No, I'll, I'll go into it with an open mind, but also I won't. I only knew one thing going into it right before you said anything about it on Twitter, and it was that James A. Caster is in it, which uh, I'm obsessed with. So I was like, yeah, this sounds great. And then I looked at the cast list, and then it was just like started off with a couple people I've never heard of. And then it just went James Corden. And I went, no, I'm already mad. So I will not be going into it with an open mind. Guess what? It's also James Corden's production company and it's store. He has a story by credit. Beth. I'm glad I agreed to this already because I, you would say no now. (laughs) I would have just been like, listen about this. Oh no. Oh no. Guys, I already have opinions. Anyway, yay! Yeah, so that'll be out Cinderella. early. That'll be out early next week for you all to enjoy. Um, you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our wonderful Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA Timing. We're on Twitter at OUA Timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with season three, episode four, Nasty Habits. And like I said, Abby, I've already seen it. I'm not looking forward to talking about this one because it's all about underage boys dancing in masks in the woods. And I'm very uncomfortable. So between it's going to be bad. The, between that and the Cinderella adaptation, we're going to have a great time next week. Yes, we Hooray. are. <laughs> it's just going to be us. Just, oh, no.
<laughs> so thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. And Abby, we'll see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.